Blog Talk Radio. another episode of Two Lit Tuesday right here on Indie Fire with your girl, Nakia. Guys, I'm exhausted. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm exhausted. I can't even, you know, normally I wait for the countdown to count us into the show. I wait for the little intro music to play, whatever. And then I'm super excited. I got, like, all my energy. Like, that's my kryptonite. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wait, my vibranium? Yeah, that's my vibranium. And um, tonight, I can't get with it, like, at all. Like, I, I would much rather be in my bed. I'm going to keep it real. Like, next week, that's what we're going to do. We're going to record from my bed next week. How about that? <laughs> Let me quickly tell you what you've been missing, what's going to go on uh, coming up at the end of this week as well as next week. Uh, and as always, if you can't make them all, please, please, please do not miss them all. Monday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure you're tuning in with my boy Caso Moore on Monday morning motivation on My Struggle Is My Strength right here on Angie Fire. If you missed the purpose point for yesterday, you guys know I'll give them to you on Monday night. So go back and listen so you can catch those purpose points, all right? We're in the Head head First, yeah, Head First series. Um, we've gone over um, Seed. We've gone over... Um, what was last week? I don't remember. But today's or today, yesterday, yesterday, <laughs> this week, it is progress, all right? The things that we need to do to be accomplishing progress in our lives, all right? I'm going to be tongue-tied tonight, and I'm going to tell you guys. I'm going to get with it, all right? I promise you, okay? Thursday night, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have um, actress, model, um, singer, songwriter, Jordan, Paulette is going to be here. You may have seen her on Nickelodeon, on Ant Farm, on um, Love and Hip Hop, on CSI Miami, on um, America's Top Model. Yeah, she's done a whole lot. We're going to have her here Thursday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that's 3.30 p.m. Um, over in Cali where she's at, all right? Then back here next Monday, we have... Uh, what is Monday? New Music Mondays. Yes, New Music Mondays. Uh, we have, remember last month when we did the UK Grime edition of New Music Mondays? We play all the grime artists from the UK. All right, so this coming Monday will be, or next Monday, I should say, will be the Niger edition. All right, so all Nigerian artists, if I don't have your new music, I need it so we can get you in rotation um, for next Monday's New Music Mondays. Okay? You can email Monica at Info at IndieFireRadio.com. Oh, you shaking your head? No, I'm sorry. You can email Siobhan at info at IndieFireRadio.com. Thank you. Uh, and if you want to skip the middleman and get everything directly to me, head over to the website at www.IndieFireRadio.com. Click on the tab that says New Music Monday Submissions. Make sure that you uh, give me the artist's name, a little bit about the artist and the track. And, of course, you must upload the file. If not, I can't play your music. All right, so most importantly, why don't you do that first? Upload the file. I'll get the file in queue to be uploaded, and then give me all these specifics about the artist and the track, and then send it over, all right? And then back here next Tuesday, it's you Monday. <clears throat> I think you might be Monday. <laughs> yes, <laughs> next Monday, the 29th, we will have um, Ricky Evans here with us, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, he has track out right now with Mano um, that's, blazing the charts. Um, he had a track last year with Eric Bellinger that was crazy. 
So I'm super excited to have him here next Monday because he's been trying to get on the show since last year. Don't tell nobody, all right? <laughs> and then on Thursday, I'm sorry, on Tuesday, the 30th, as we close out the month, we're going to have our open discussion, our open forum here. We're going to be talking about all of the social and racial injustices that have been going on, you know, in our country and um, I want to say throughout the world. You know, maybe they're not feeling it like we're feeling it here, but they are behind our cause. You know, I posted something the other day on Facebook about how in Tokyo they had their first uh, Black Lives Matter protest, peaceful protest with 3,500 participants. And some ignorant fool said to me, they got black, they got black men in Tokyo, and I thought, hold up, because first of all, all you saw was 3,500, and you saw Black Lives Matter. So you automatically assumed, you know, I didn't say anything about a million-man or a thousand-man march. I, I said what the article stated. And if you click on the article and read the article, then you would know who all was involved in this protest. So there are people all country, um, throughout the world, who they're fighting just like we are. Um, they know the wrongs that are being done. They have witnessed the wrongs being done, um, whether it be firsthand, whether it be through the media, they see this. And so they're standing behind um, us and supporting us, you know, here in the U.S. And so um, to answer your question, sir, black men and women both reside in Tokyo, okay? <laughs> they actually have a Black Lives Matter chapter in Tokyo, all right? So do your research before you start making a fool of yourself. That's all I got to say. That's how we're going to end out the month of June. Um, that's, I think that's all the announcements I have. Good enough. Super excited to have my guest here this evening with me. We have had several of her authors um, on the show recently, and it, it, it took a name being dropped, like the name of the publishing company, for me to put two and two together and finally get four and finally make all of this make sense to me. So I'm really excited to be able to talk to you know, the lady that is uh, in charge of all of this. I'm talking about Zenora M. Boom. She is the CEO of Anointed Inspirations Publishing, as well as the author of over 35 independent novels. Zenora grew up in Milledgeville, Georgia, and began pinning stories for fun during middle and high school years. She didn't know that her creativity would lead to multiple number one bestsellers. Now stepping out into another area of writing, Zenora has become a rising screenwriter in the film and television industry with a focus on writing both drama and comedy. She created and wrote her first web series, She, The Series, and that's capital S, capital H, capital E, The Series, that follows the life of a young girl following in the steps of her father and becoming one of the most feared but respected women in the world. Ooh, she can be watched on www.shetheseries.com as well as currently producing a short film, Quarantine Bay, based on her most recent novel of the same title. Sonora has also written for the highly popular YouTube web series, Project Heat Atlanta, and looks forward to joining and creating other productions in the near future. Because of her great ability to create vivid and captivating stories, Sonora is the recipient of the 2015 AANBC Literary Award for Christian Fiction Author of the Year, and nominated for the same award for both 2016 and 2017. She also holds the 2017 MVP Award for Christian Fiction Author of the Year and was nominated for the Author Academy Awards 2018 for Best Religious Book for Mama Raised Me, Her Demons Changed Me. Ooh. Oh, that gave me chills. Ooh. Mm. Anybody listening audience, I present to you this evening my very, very special guest, author, Screenwriter, publisher, entrepreneur, uh, Denora M. Boom. Yeah. Alright, so we talked about the show a little bit. And <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have told you that was gonna pop up. Um, but we talked before the show and you know I told you I was feeling like, ugh. Um, but it seems to, I guess my vibranium has now taken over from head to toe. I'm kind of feeling like myself. Guys, my heart was just racing, like, before the show. Like, I, this is the first time I've done this. But it wasn't fear or, or stage fright or anything. It was the fact that I walked um, from the studio into the kitchen area to grab a bottle of water. And um, 
just I just got winded. I'm talking like 20 steps, just just out of breath. So, but I'm good now. Like I feel like myself all over again, and um, that's that's the energy that I get, you know, on the show. I want to say off top, I am so thankful, thankful, thankful to you that you're here with me this evening. You could have been anywhere, but you stopping by to chop it up with me, myself, and my listening audience to share all about why it is that you're passionate about the things that you are. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you for having me. I'm excited. So I want to jump right into this. Like I want to start uh, from the bottom and kind of work my way up um, because I've seen a lot of a lot of authors uh, tackle this pandemic, um, and in doing so, they put out you know some sci-fi books. Um, they put out some comedy. You know what I'm saying? Um, but when it came to writing Quarantine Day, where where did all of that, you know, come from? I see people that are missing their significant other, like me. Um, I see people who um, have used this time to, you know, kind of be to themselves and not worry about a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a bae or whatever. They've used this time to just kind of connect more with themselves um, I've seen the memes talking about, you know, things you should not do and going out and, and catching a man or catching a woman. That's not one of those things you should be doing at this time. Don't allow this time to, you know, get you all lonely or whatever. But where did uh, your idea for writing Quarantine Bay and the title, where did that all come from? Well, one day I was, like, I was literally bored. I couldn't figure out, you know, anything to write. I wanted to write. So, I was having a conversation with my sister-in-law, and we were just, you know, talking about silly stuff. And the conversation sparked like, hey, what if I do a book on, you know, quarantine, and, you know, with somebody but not make it so normal and something that people can expect? So we threw out, you know, ideas to each other. She let me, you know, pick her brain. And then I just started started writing. I wrote Quarantine Bay in, like, three days. Even though it's you know it's a short, I wrote it wow. in three days, and and then I was like, well, hey, let me go ahead and do the movie. I think we can, you know, it wouldn't it be neat to do a movie during quarantine and see how a production can get done when we're supposed to be social distancing. So that was kind of like my main mind frame. And then once I started writing the story, I just fell in love with it because I feel like with so much heaven is going on, we need something that's a little bit lighter. So that's what I wanted Quarantine Day to be. I didn't want it to be, you know, focused on the negative of what's going on. I wanted to give, you know, people just a minute to say, okay, I can take a break from everything that's going on and be entertained and laugh and get that, you know, that feeling of just releasing the heaviness. And that's what so far I think that Quarantine Day has, has done for people. So when you decided to write um, the film, um, what did you start with? Did it have to have structure, or did you start with specific scenes that came from? Well, I actually I went about I wanted it to stay true to the story that I wrote. Because I see a lot of times when people adapt, you know, books into movies, they kind of, you know, steer away from the book. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted it to remain true. And I wanted to, I wanted it to be kind of like, you know, when people have their song release and then you get a, a visual, well, back in the day, because now videos don't even match the song. No, but they don't. <laughs> I, wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to kind of have that type of, you know, feel, I give you the book, and then I bring the book to life, literally. So I stayed as close to the book as possible. There were maybe a couple of changes that I made um, that I wanted to, that I didn't incorporate in the book. Like, I I didn't incorporate um, the things that are going on with, like, making mention of, like, the Black Lives Matter and things that are going on now, because I wrote the book before all of this really jumped off. So, Mm -hmm within the movie, I've incorporated, you know, making sure that we make mention of and recognize things that are going on now besides the quarantine. So that would be the only difference 
um, that would be different from the book and the movie, but 99% of the movie is the book. So your characters are those individuals who are now uh, starring or going to star in the, the film. How did you go about acquiring them? Well, I've worked with um, the main character now, Quincy. He's played by um, Thomas Lee. He played in my first series, um, She. So he was the main character in that as well as his um, his significant other. She's also in it. Her name is Asia J. So she's playing Nigel. He's playing Quincy. And I've worked with both of them before. And so they have a production company. It's called Just Us Entertainment. It's out of Atlanta, Georgia. And they are the ones that's producing it. So I did my part in writing the script. I sent it to them, and they've done an amazing job as far as the casting, putting the production together, and making sure that the vision that I have for my work is being brought to light in the best possible way. Oh, wow. We definitely have to get them on the show. Make sure you give me the information so somebody can reach out to them yes. so we can have them on the show. Um, is there a release date? Or do you have one in mind, or is it etched in stone? Or We don't have a release date yet for the um, release. We're still um, going through the production phase, and we have um, a few more days of production and go. Um, I'm hoping it will be able to be ready um, sometime in July, maybe the mid to end July, but we don't have a set date just yet. Has uh, what's been going on globally, has that affected um, the production time at all? Actually, it's, um, it's helped us with this production because of um, – the main film industry being shut down and nobody's been filming. The people that we were able to utilize um, for this production, they weren't working on those bigger, you know, projects. So that allowed us to be able to use them. Um, and with it not being such a, um extremely long feature, and we're trying to work with as, um, as few people as possible in order to, you know, maintain that, that social distancing. Um, so it, it's actually helped because everybody is, you know, ready to go, ready to work. They don't have anything else on their plates right now. So when that picks back up, it would take away time for this project mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. done, but it's actually helped. Well, that's awesome. Um, because a lot, of, a lot of creatives, I find, have found so many different ways to work around what most of us may consider obstacles or setbacks. Um, those with the creative side, you know, they have, this has been an opportunity for, you know, for growth in so many different ways. And um, that that's another way, you know, the artists that I speak to, they're all, you know, they're all up in the air because they can't get into a venue to perform. They can't be at a festival performing. They, you know what I'm saying? They can't do what they're accustomed to doing, but they've found that right. through all of that still because um, the voice that they have within their own platform and their own brand, they're still able to um, use those voices to appeal, you know, to others in so many different ways. And so I just, I feel like this time has allowed just everyone, if you've utilized it properly, it has allowed you to see growth not only in yourself but the things that you're passionate about. So um, that's, that's great Absolutely. that it's actually added to and not taken away from what you're trying to achieve. So I'm, I'm glad for that right there. I want to talk about the She, um, she the series. I want to talk about that. Now, I, I know about the book because um, I actually started, you know, trying to read it, but I'm trying to read like 12 different books right now. Every author that's on the show <laughs> Uh, let me send you my book. Go get my book. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get it. So after my shows, I always take an hour to read, you know, and the book is really good. You know, I finish it in that night. If the book is not good, then it kind of sits on the back burner until. Right. But I'm so fortunate to be able to um, or to have been able to be linked with so many wonderful authors. Um, so I can't catch up on all the books that I'm supposed to be reading. Like I said, I'm like 12 deep right now. Um, but I, I do not know a lot about She the Series. So tell my audience about, you know, how that all came about, 
the writing process behind that uh, web series um, and, and what it's taken or, or what it took for you to even, you know, get to that point to say, hey, this is what I want to do. Because a lot of people can visualize it. Um, they can even write down mm-hmm. what they want to do, but they never bring any of that to fruition. So um, what was it like for you or what has it been like for you just to go through creating that web series and, and for it to be, you know, as popular as it is? Well, what happened with she, it didn't begin as a um, as a book. I was asked um, by a director of it of Atlanta. His name is Tracy, the director. Um, he's at Kinship Studios. Um, he asked me to um, come in and write for the 48-hour film project in Atlanta. So what that is is we have to, we don't know the genre that we'll have to write. They give it to us, like, we only have 48 hours in a weekend to complete a movie from conception to finish. So we don't oh, know wow. what genre they're going to give us. Right. We don't know a genre. We don't know, you know, who we'll have to have on the team. But he knew that I was a writer. We've worked together before. So he um, asked me to come up with, you know, see if we could do a seven-minute script. So I sent him, you know, a sample, and he was like, wait, I don't want to use this for the project because this is too strong of a seven pages. It initially started as a short film. So he was like, no, this is too strong of a a series or short. Let's do this at another time. So we did the film festival, and after that wrap, we started on She. And some of the things that um, I wrote about in the series, it was from, you know, life experiences with, you know, between me and my dad and and some things that I've gone through with, like, me and my grandfather. And I kind of just, you know, use that or those foundation relationships that I have with the men who are closest to me. And then I just turned it into something um, bigger and longer. And so we started out um, with the idea of doing just like small glimpses into the life of um, Majesty, which is the main character. Um, She's played by Brooklyn Fisher. She's a a young artist out of Detroit, Michigan. Um, And so started that it was the first project for kinship studios as far as um film and television goes so this was like a learning process for us all and once i got a a taste of you know what it takes in the film world and getting to you know to know more about it it's like that was like my aha moment this is what i'm supposed to be doing i love the books the books are my foundation but this is the direction that I now want to take my creativity in. And so I, I just look at she as we haven't finished it, and hopefully soon we'll be able to start it back up. Um, but if not, it was still a learning experience for me. And I use that as, you know, as my platform to be able to use and to showcase to people like, hey, I'm serious about this. This is what I want to do. This is the, the work that I could produce as, you know, as I move along on this journey. With that series, um, you mentioned the word produce, and I don't know if it was, uh, if you were referencing this web series, but um, do you write, cast, produce, um, marketing and promotions? Uh, Do you do everything when it comes to your projects, or do I've you have a team that works with you? I've done it in part and with a team, so it hasn't just necessarily just been me doing it all. Like I've had a team with um, she. I'm having a team now with you know quarantine day. Like I have a team, but I'm learning because the people that are on the team are the professionals in their field. So while I'm, you know, I'm the writer, but I'm still learning because I never know when, you know, I might have a, a, a idea of wanting to be a director or direct my next film. So I'm learning as I go, and I'm, you know, depending on these people to, you know, teach me while we're working together so that maybe one day if I decide to be a director, I have that, you know, under my belt. 
So I've been Mm -hmm. grateful and thankful that I have people that are willing to be with me on this journey and show me every step of the way of the things that I don't know. Got you. Um, Your bio states that you've written over 35 independent novels, um, that you're a multiple number one bestseller. Uh, when did you first realize that you wanted to even be a writer? I liked writing when I was in school. Like, that was always my favorite subject when, you know, we would have to come in and have, like, little morning tasks, and it was, you know, write a creative story in your journal. Like, those are the days that I live for. So that was my, you know, my way of just getting, getting my ideas out, seeing how far I could go. But at that time, I never thought that I would be an actual writer. Like, that wasn't in my mind. Um, It wasn't until I got older, you know, and I started going through some personal issues, you know, from being younger. And I was like, how did I get past this? And then I just got the, you know, God gave it to me to write through it. So my first series, even though it's, it's fictional, is based on a lot of truth. Um, of what I went through as a teenager. So once I used, once I wrote that first series, um, the God Doesn't Make Mistakes series, that just catapulted me into, okay, I want to do more. So I put it out um, myself first, but it didn't do as well, and I thought that I would need, like, this big publishing house behind me. But I ended up going to um, David Weaver and his company, and he was strictly, you know, urban fiction. I Here I come with, uh, you know, this Christian fiction novel, and <laughs> he didn't turn me away. Like, he embraced it. He's like, let's work. So the same day that I reached out to him was the same day that he sent me my contract, and it's like a lot, everything that I learned in the beginning, I have to give credit where it's due because he's the one that opened that door for me to be able to express myself, my creativity, and get myself out there, you know, to people that I normally wouldn't have met otherwise. So that's kind of where it all started at. And the more that I got to writing and the more that I saw that people are receiving it, because, you know, that Christian fiction category sometimes is taboo for people because they think mm-hmm. that it's always so, you know, so churchy and so preachy and, right, right. you know, so right. judgmental. And I didn't want to do that because I don't like churches like that. I don't like, you know, Christians like that. I don't want to be, you know, I want to show them something, a different side, that is more about relationship than it is religion. So those are what my, you know, books were about in the beginning. And now that I'm doing film, I wanted to branch out and just showcase that, you know, just because I started out writing Christian fiction, I haven't left God. I haven't forgotten who he is. Um, he's still the head of my life, but he also gave me a gift to be able to share, and I don't have to box that gift into one category. So that's why I'm just thankful for the, you know, the opportunity to be able to express as freely as I want to be and not be judged for, you know, what it is, but to be embraced on my creativity and that alone. You mentioned something a little uh, true. Um, but funny when it comes to Christians and how they perceive um, everything um, in the world. But when in writing Christian fiction, how do you balance keeping the message strong while still wanting to reach readers that are beyond, you know, the Christian bookstore or, or Christian, you know, or, or churches? How do you keep that message strong and be able to, you know, not only – have a message that believers can relate to, but non-believers as well? I always think about me and what, um, when I used to read Christian fiction, I was like, this doesn't speak to me. Because what about, you know, Mm -hmm. what about the people, like you said, the people that, you know, may not go to church, what, um, that may not, or they may have gone to church and have been hurt by church, so they turn away. Right. So I don't want to. I don't want to write anything that will make them feel like I feel. So I make it relatable. I talk on topics that you know other people may feel like, 
oh, we can't touch that. Well, let me touch it. I'm going to give the message in it. It's going to be entertaining. And by the end, some people may not even know that they're getting a message until the last page. And then it'll hit them like, oh, wow, this is what she means or this is what, you know, somebody tried to tell me or the seed that was planted, you know, earlier in childhood or something. I wanted it to be relatable. I didn't want it to go over anybody's head. I didn't want it to feel like I was, you know, choking them with the word or forcing the word to them. I want them to organically draw closer to God. And if this is the way that they have to, you know, build that relationship and get the religion part out of the way, then that's what I wanted to do. But I wanted to make sure that I wrote for the people who aren't in the church and who don't. And I've had a lot of readers in the beginning come to me and even now come to me and say, I stopped going to church or I didn't go to church. I never read Christian fiction before, but I read your book. I love it. And you helped me. Like you helped me to understand, you know, what it is that I was confused about. And I'm sitting here saying, well, I didn't even put whatever message they received. I didn't think that's the message that I put in there, but that's the message they mm-hmm. received, and that's what helped them. So I've had people, you know, come and tell me things. I was like, oh, that's a good message. You got that out of my book? I didn't even know, <laughs> but I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever gets you closer to what you need or helps you to heal, I'm all here for it. So that's kind of like my, my mentality. I don't want to ever force anybody you know, in the belief. Um, and then earlier, I, when I was writing, I thought that's what I had to do. But as I continued to write, I realized that all of those sermons and all of those, you know, being in church, and I tell my authors this all the time, you don't always have to be have your characters in the church in order to get the message of across. So you can be, we had one, I had one series called Begging at the Author. Um, that I wrote with another author, Janika Johnson. And our main character, she was this powerful grandmother. She believed in God. She believed in the word. And she was just so anointed, but we never had her in church. She gave every message, every lesson, every um, every confirmation that the characters needed. Like she was that pillar in the community, but she never set foot. We never had her set foot in church. And I wanted to show that just because that you're not in the physical building, it doesn't mean that you can't have the relationship, you can't get the message across to people, you can't draw people closer to God. It's just a different way of of doing it, and that's what I embrace about the gift that God has given me, and I try to steer my, you know, authors in that way. Speaking of your authors... What happens when pleasure goes against principles? He recalled how their bodies collided. They moved in sequence to the sounds of passion. Does pleasure win over our principles? He plotted a way to secure his position in her bed forever. Do principles triumph over our desires? How could they passionately make love all night? How could she dismiss him like a schoolboy? Find out in her pleasures, his principles, by Chanel, available at Amazon.com. Yes, paperback and ebook and audible. And you, if I'm not and, yeah, you ain't let me. You ain't let me finish that. That's how I have to get everything. Because <laughs> if I gotta sit down and read it, the way my days are set up, uh, I'm gonna read two pages and I'm gonna be out, which is probably what I need to do because I haven't slept in like a week. So probably what I need to do. But I have to listen to everything. Um, and, and, and read along sometimes, but I prefer, you know, to be able to listen. Somebody got to read to me, you know, got to read to me. Uh, but that was Chanel. Uh, she just released a Ramsey's bed is never cold. Um, back in, oh wait, we're still in June. Yes. In June. This month. Yes. <laughs> the beginning of June. Yes, she, this month. That. she has another book that's coming out. Uh, the end of July, maybe beginning of August, we're going to have her back on the show to talk about that book right there. So uh, she is an author with um, Anointed Inspirations Publishing. And if you remember, we had Reagan Dennis on the show earlier this month, I want to say the latter part of last month, um, who was also an author with Anointed Inspirations Publishing. You know, last year, uh, Dream Lake Work took over 
with all their authors on the show. So this year it seems we have, you know, um, some other authors coming on board with Indie Fire. So I'm super excited to have, you know, everyone that we have coming up and also to be able to open the, the door to other Anointed Inspirations publishing authors. All right? When you sit right. down to write a story, um, do you know how it's going to end? I don't know how it's going to end. I don't know how it's going to begin. I don't know the middle. I don't know the characters. I know nothing. <laughs> like, I literally sit down at the computer. An idea pops up in my head. I'll just start typing, and I'll see which direction I'm going in. Um, if I like the direction, I'll I'll keep with it. If I don't like the direction, I'll, you know, get with my husband, you know, run ideas by him. I'll get my other authors, you know, bounce ideas off of them. Um, but I don't I don't know anytime I sit down and write a book or a script, like where it's going. I literally just have to sit down because if I try to write out an outline of what I want to do, I never follow the outline. Like, I've written outlines before, and by the time I go back to look at it, nothing that I wrote in that outline is in this book. So I just stop. I'm like, I'm wasting time. So with no, with no type of quote-unquote structure, like, you know, a particular process or, or using an outline, how do you stay disciplined and not get distracted? Because me, like, I sit down, like, I told you I was supposed to, I got off work early, um, to be able to just come home and sit down. And I was like, you know, forget it. I'm, I'm going to get in the studio and I'm going to start doing stuff for the show that needs to be done at the end of the year. I'm already working on, like, our award show now. So, um, but then somebody called me and I got distracted and, and they needed something done. And then um, I saw something pop up on the news feed and I got distracted from that and started, you know, working with that person. But how you, how can you just sit down focus? You know, something I did see. I'm answering my own question. Something I did see this weekend um, was it's called a cell phone gel, right? And you actually put your phone in this little little cage, um, is what it looks like, a little cage. You lock it up, but that's the gel for your cell phone. And you put a timer on it, and when the timer goes off, it will unlock it. I'd be crazy. I'm talking about that now. Like, it was a good idea when I saw it. Um, I have three phones. I would throw them all in there, but then I would sit and watch it and, and have to wait for that hour or two hours or whatever I set it to to come up because I couldn't get to my phone. But that's I need something like that to keep me focused and not distracted. But for you, when you sit down with no outline or, or you know, it's just kind of free for all, whatever just flows into my head, and how do you stay focused? How do you write like that? Well, first of all, the cell phone jail – it really wouldn't work for me because I'll lock it up, but there's still internet on my computer. So whatever I want to see, <laughs> on my, <laughs> I still have the computer. So that would be a bad investment. <laughs> I'm not going to use that because it's not going to work. But if right. the story is, um, if the story flows, and another thing, like I, if I give myself a deadline, I think I work better under pressure of a deadline. That's not always, but if the story um, flows, if I'm, you know, if I'm pulled in by the characters, if I'm into this world that I'm creating and the story flows, I can write all day and all night. Like my husband will literally have to come to me, make sure he saves my document. Okay, it's time to go to bed. Like that's how focused I'll be. Then other times I'll start out writing and then I'll end up on the shade room and then I'll go to Facebook and then I'll randomly, <laughs> like, I'm randomly on foot like, like, just random websites you're doing, like, hours couldn't go by. And yeah. I've not done a thing. Yeah. But if, like, once I get back to it, I'm ready to go. So if I'm in that story and I am loving the story, I think my passion drives me to continue to finishing it. So as long as that passion that I have in me is within that um, that world that I'm creating, I don't have a problem, you know, with writing. Like I said, I've written a book, a full novel, in less than a week. I just did this, you know, this short book in three days. So I can do it as long as the story flows. If it doesn't or, you know, it's taking a little bit longer for the characters to really speak to me, it may take me, you know, a little bit longer. 
and that's when I'll, you know, be on all of the different websites and just doing everything else. But most <laughs> but of the I time feel, I am able to. I feel to... like when you do that, when you get distracted like that and you um, you start scrolling web pages, when you do get back to where it is that you need to be, do you have a different momentum? Do you now say, okay, I've spent this four hours over here doing all this stuff now. Mm-mm. I know the direction I want to take. Like, I'm I'm so focused right now. I can get this done. Does your momentum change at all? No. Nope. Or is it just like, you know what, I've been over there for a minute, and now I need to sit down and, and get this done. You know what I'm saying? I might look at that again a little like, bit later. Girl, but I have my pep up. Like, girl, come on now. You've been over here looking at all this stuff for the last right. three and a half hours. And I'm like, okay, right. I can do this. I'll I'll write ten words and I'm back on something else. I'm on Twitter <laughs> and then I'm down to the Facebook. <laughs> so yeah, no, it it just it literally has to be a story. Like I have so many unfinished books on my computer; mm. it's ridiculous. Mm. Because it's like if the if the characters don't speak or I'm not feeling them anymore at the time. I have to go to something different. But now I've kind of, um, if I can't write a book or I'm not into writing, you know, a book, I'll go in and I'll I'll pen a script or I'll do a, um, because a lot of the ideas that I have, I'm like, "Mm, this might be better for a film or a TV pilot or something like that. So I'll try to balance that to keep me going as far as writing. If I can't write a script or that's not in me right now, let me see if I can write this here, new book. So I'll try to make sure that I'm doing one or the other to keep myself writing. And then some days I'm like, I don't want to do none of this. I want to sit mm-hmm. here and I want to watch, binge watch something on Netflix. And I'll look <laughs> at my computer with an attitude. Netflix <laughs> I, is the oh, devil. Find, oh, my God. <laughs> or I'll just randomly, you know, find other stuff to do. Or I'll read, you know, one of my other, you know, um, one of the other authors that um, I love reading within the, the urban community and the indie community. I read, you know, books. I haven't read a a full book in, oh, God, maybe two months because I've been constantly writing on these scripts and trying to get, you know, my next pilot and everything kind of solid. But other than that, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not writing, I'm trying to read or watch TV or something that would give me that creative spark to where, I feel like, okay, now let me get back in front of this here computer. But, yeah, I definitely procrastinate when it comes to writing some days, and I'm just okay with it. (laughs) I don't, like, nobody can make me feel bad about procrastinating because I get the job done. And once I, you know, once I complete it, I'm I'm pleased with what I've created. So as long as it comes out good and, you know, the people receive it and they enjoy it, that's all that really, you know, matters at the end. At the um, onset of the creation of Anointed Inspirations Publishing, what was your mission? On the, I fought this mission when it was brought to my attention. This is when um, a lot of, like, the indie cups, bigger indie companies, like um, they believe presents, he wanted to, you know, he had this great idea of starting um, sub-companies up under his. He was like, there isn't any, you know, Christian fiction companies, why don't you start it? I was like, nope. He was like, why not? Nope. God didn't tell me to do that. You told me to do that. God didn't tell me to do that. So I was, like, I was against it from the beginning. I didn't want to be responsible for anybody else but me because right now I'm trying to get me together. So after a while, you know, when I started feeling more comfortable about, you know, what it is, I was like, you know what, okay, why not, you know, have a space or a company for other creators and authors like myself who want to, you know, entertain people, but they want to also give people, you know, hope and inspiration. And so I talked with my um, my godmother, my husband. I was like, what do you guys think of, you know, this? And then one night that I just actually had a dream about anointing inspirations. Like I, I knew the name when I woke up the next morning. I knew what it was that I was supposed to do. And I really wanted to be a company that represented or we have we show that we have a, a relationship with God, with our creator. Um, we know that 
everybody's not going to have our same beliefs, so we're okay with that. But the ones who want to but don't know how to and the ones who have, you know, felt hurt, we wanted to give them, you know, that hope and that love back. So that's really what AIP is for. We want to entertain, but we also want to um, we want to inspire. We want to give people, you know, that comfort that they may not get from somebody else. They may the comfort in one of our novels may be what gets them out of that dark place. So we can contribute to that in any kind of way, even if it's just for one person. I feel like we've done our due diligence, complete the mission that, you know, God gave me in order to reach these people. What services or products do you offer at AIP? AIP handles um, everything. We do the editing, proofreading, test readers, um, covers. Um, we do do promotion, but I also encourage our um, our authors that no one can push your baby like you push your baby, like that's your child. So the more that you let people know who you are, what you're about, what it is you do, and share yourself with people, that will also, you know, help to grow your fan base because I had to do it. Like David was really adamant about getting myself out there, letting people know who I am, letting them into my world and to be able to share, you know, these experiences with them. So we provide the bulk of everything for the author, but that's one of the things that we also um, require our authors to do as well, to put yourself out there so that people know that, hey, you're human, you are, you know, doing this because you love it and you want to help. But we do offer a lot of that. We don't um, right now publish nonfiction, but I am, um, I do have it open for um, like poetry, inspirational poetry, the inspirational fiction. Um, It doesn't have to all be just, you know, Christian fiction. If they, you know, if they're Muslim and they have a way of they want to share their stories, that's something else that, you know, we can tap into because I I feel like I see a lot of, you know, different religions and relationships, but I don't see, you know, things like we create to be able to speak to them. So that's something Mm -hmm. that I'm I'm open to because I respect, you know, I respect people, I respect their beliefs, and who knows, they may, you know, they may get a reader that may eventually read some of, you know, our stuff and vice versa and just help them to get an understanding and to get a closer relationship with whoever they believe in. So that's what AIP, you know, offers, and I feel like it's not a lot of companies out there that do that. As the CEO of AIP, um, how would you measure success in your role? In my role, I feel like as far as it comes to the um, to like the support, we have a lot of support. We've had, you know, in the beginning, there was a extreme support, you know, from people. Some of that's fallen off. But I think because I kept going, We've had authors, you know, be a part of AIP that have left that, you know, we just weren't seeing creatively eye to eye or whatever it was. But I'm most proud of we didn't give up. Like, I have not let this company um, go no matter how many times I cry or complain to my husband and get frustrated. I haven't let go because I know that in the end that this is bigger than me. So even if I have one author, if I'm the only author, I just feel like I've accomplished not letting people deter me from what it is that I set out to do. So if we have, you know, high numbers of sales, good. If we don't, that's fine because we're still here. We're still standing. We didn't quit because, you know, things and people fell off. So that's the most that I'm the thing that I'm most proud of is that we're still standing, we're still producing, we're still, you know, putting out. We may not be producing as fast as, you know, other indie companies and that's okay with me. I've never been one to, you know, try to follow anybody or keep up with, you know, what everybody else is doing. I'm gonna stay at my own pace 
I'm going to go in the direction that I want to go in. I'm going to go in the direction that God leads me in. Regardless of who's with me and who's not, AIP is going to stand. AIP is going to continue to represent what we represent, and we're going to continue to do the work regardless of, you know, who's here with us or not. But my my main goal is I'm hoping that with this new um, journey that I'm on personally, that this will open even more doors for the authors of AIP. So this road that I'm on, I'm not just trying to, you know, build my career and then leave everybody behind. I want to build this career so that I can bring everybody that's connected to my company with me. Like, I want to be able to put their books, you know, on screen or on stage. And to do that, I have to, you know, learn about that. And I want to be able to, you know, be that one to say, okay, we did the book industry. Now let's go over here and knock down these doors in the film world and let's make our mark. So everything that, you know, I'm doing, I'm proud of. I'm I'm proud of me just really not giving up and staying focused regardless of what things look like. I know that at the end of this tunnel, it's going to be worth it. And I believe it was Reagan, Dennis, who said that that was a goal of hers to see one of her books turned into um, a huge movie that Mm -hmm. people from everywhere can go and see. Told her, I want to say maybe she said five years, ten years, I don't know. Whenever she said it was, I told her, all right, because we're going to have a big release party. We like releases over here in Inside. We have a huge release party for whenever it's <laughs> done. So, you know, um, make sure that you have a vision board uh, and that you're able to see, you know, those things that you're speaking into existence. Um, to, to put it out in the atmosphere is one thing, but hold yourself accountable and be able to see. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You see your book right here. And then at the end of this vision board, you see, you know, big lights surrounding your book. And, you know, just make sure that every day that you're working towards that goal, no matter how long mm-hmm. it takes you to reach it, do something every day to make sure that you're working towards that goal. How do you feel that you make a difference in the world? I think I make a difference um, in the world by being me and showing people that it's okay to, you know, make the mistakes, you can bounce back from them. I'm always like, if you've never met me in person, but all you've seen of me online or that's the only presence that you know, when you meet me in real life, that's the same person. So you get me online and offline the same because there are a lot of people that, you know, they're one way online, and then when you see them in person, it's a totally different, (laughs) you know, attitude. (laughs) I, I can't. That's that's too heavy for me to carry. I'm a big girl already. I can't carry no extra, you know, mess. So you're going to get me, whether regardless if we're on, you know, online or if we're off and in person, I'm still going to be that, that kiki. I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to say it how it comes out. I'm going to say I'm sorry if it come out wrong. But that's just that's just me. And I think that... I've had people come to me telling me just on that alone it made a difference because they were going through something. And to know that they could just come to me and I can give them who I am and be that person to, you know, pour into them and not expect anything back just to make sure that they're okay. I think that's been the biggest um, gift to me through this. So I say me just being who I am, giving myself, you know, and my personality to everybody that I meet. Like, I may, I'm shy a little bit, point where it's uncomfortable around people. Mm-hmm. I just need mm-hmm. to, you know, feel you out a little bit. Right, but right, we've right. Already, you know, <laughs> if we've already, you know, communicated before, because, like, I've met readers that, you know, started off with me, with David, and later on in, in life I've been able to meet them in person. And they just love me for who I am. So if you see me online and I'm saying something crazy, just know that when you see me in person, you get that same person. Like I can't be same energy. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm the same. If I don't like you online, I don't like you online. I ain't gonna like you face to face. That's right. 
best. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to pretend nope. and fake like nope. I'm not going to do the little fake kiki. You going to nope. get this, this look of I don't care because I don't care online, so I don't care offline. But if I genuinely, you know, like you, we talk on a regular, just know that that's who you're going to get on the outside too. So it's nothing like I'm – I, I just can't. I don't understand people who do that, and that's why I stay away from people that do that. If you, if we got to have this type of, you know, relationship to where you got to online, and then when I meet you, it's something totally different. Just stay away. We, it, I'm okay. I don't that's care. Me. I'm not gonna be that's mad me. at you. Promise you, you just, you know, just continue doing what you do. I'm gonna continue doing me. And if I, you know, and if I, if something went down the line that we, we end up having an issue, I let it go. There's no need for me to go back and forth or for us to go back and forth because it's just our season is up. So I just look at it like that. And hopefully, you know, that resonates with people who come in contact with me. That That's what they get from me. And they're able to accept that and appreciate what I give mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So if there's somebody that's listening now and they are an aspiring author, um, an aspiring screenwriter, and they say, you know, wow, I've read her bio, she's done some crazy things, you know, um, crazy in a good way. Um, I've been following, you know, her publishing company. I've read, you know, some of her books. I'm familiar with some of her authors, you know what I'm saying? And, And they feel like, hey, I think I could do this, just like she's doing them. I think I could do this. But there may be something that's holding them back. They may have a little fear, you know, and then they may not know the direction that they need to take. What piece of advice could you offer to this aspiring author or screenwriter? It's okay not to know. It's okay to be scared about what that next step would be. I'm scared every day, and that's just honest because I – I want to do so much, and sometimes it can be, you know, I can set goals for myself that are intimidating to me, but I don't give up. I know that if the thought crossed my mind and that is put in my heart that I can do it. So whether it takes me, you know, a year to get it done or 10 years to get it done, if it's crossed my mind and I really feel like I can do it, I'm going to work towards it. So I would tell them, if you feel like you can do it, that's something that you want to do, do it. Don't. It doesn't matter if, you know, nobody supports in the beginning. It doesn't matter if, you know, nobody is paying attention or they're, you know, they're looking, but they're not really there for you. Do it anyway. Forget about the outside. Do it anyway. Do it for you. Because even if it doesn't go anywhere else, you can always sit here and say that I did it. I did what I set out to do. I completed it. And I'm proud of myself for even doing that because a lot of people talk themselves out of their own blessings. Like they will literally Amen. talk themselves down and miss the biggest opportunity of their lives. So even if nothing mm-hmm. comes out of that, you know that you did it and you did it for you. So have that in your mindset that you're not doing it for everybody around you. You're doing it for you. And if you love you the way that you say you love you, then you're going to do anything that you can to make you happy. So if that makes you happy, do it. If once you get started and you figure out, okay, maybe this really isn't for me, let me try something else, do it. That's okay. Like you have to find what it is that you're good at, what it is that you're passionate about, because if you're not passionate about whatever it is that you set out to do, it won't work anyway. It'll be a disaster. Because now you're feeling like, oh, you're just doing it to please other people. You're just doing it to be doing it. There's no fun in it. No. You have to do it for you. If that's your passion, just do it. If you don't know what you're doing, ask for help. Ask people that know what they're doing and that have done it and ask them. Like, it's a lot of people out here that won't charge you for free information. Like, I give free information all the time because I know that I – was in their position, and I wanted somebody to guide me or teach me in the area. I didn't have the money then to pay all these hundreds of dollars, so I sit there and I look at it like, if I can give you free information to help you to get to your next step, I'm going to do it. Whatever, you know, questions you have, 
find somebody in that field that's willing to help you and to find your direction. If you can't, do it yourself. I learned how to screenwrite um, Googling. I've Googled scripts. I've Googled production companies. I've learned terminology all just by sitting in front of my computer. But it was because I wanted to do it, and I wanted to do it bad. And this is what I'm doing for not just my immediate family. I'm doing this for my company as well. So I have those are my reasons behind doing this. But if people don't have that and they just want to do it, do it. Either it's going to be good or it's going to be bad, but at least that is good advice right there, guys. And I tell you, when we have our guests on the show and they drop these gems, make sure that you're not sitting on what they're saying. Make sure that you make them applicable to not only what it is that you're, you know, hoping to accomplish uh, professionally or in your career, but just make that applicable to all points of your life. Um, Because a lot of us do use barriers. um, What if, you know, um, I can't um, fear to, to hold us in a position where we can't overcome, where we can't excel, where we can't be successful. So uh, nothing, you know, can happen until you step out and just do it, like she said. Um, Great advice. Um, Denora, I want to thank you again for joining me this evening. I want to go ahead and open the floor to you now so that you can get all of your contact information out for those who may be listening live, for those who may come back and listen to one of the many, many, many playback shows. The floor is now yours to get all of your contact information out. I thank you once again for having me, for reaching out and giving me this um, opportunity. Um, you can reach me on Instagram at Ms. Boone 81 It's M-Z-B-O-O-N-E-81. Um, you can also follow the Quarantine Baby Movie IG page. It's the same, Quarantine Baby Movie. I'm um, on Twitter. I am Ms. Boone 27 It's M-Z-B-O-O-N-E-27. Um, you can follow me on Facebook. It's Arthur Denor on my personal page, Denora Jefferson Boone. Um, my website is listed on all of my social media. So if you want to go to um, DenoraTheCreator.com um, and learn more about me. And I think that's it. You're, you know, in the business and LinkedIn is your thing. It's under um, Denora M. Boone. Um, and I think that's about it. If you want to reach out to me, um, you know, for submission inquiries, you can also um, reach out to me at denora.boone04 at gmail.com. That's what I'm talking about. Whatever platform you're on, she got a platform for you to connect with her. All right? So don't sleep on this information, guys. Uh, she said submission. She said inquiries. You know she gave you um, that email address. She gave you all social media um, links. So make sure that you hit her up, all right? Guys, make sure that you're tuning in uh, to Indy Fire and following us on all social media at Indy Fire. Make sure that you're following me, the girl in motion, on all social media at girl in motion. Um, and congratulations. I want to say congratulations to Indy Fire. I don't think we've made this announcement, like, publicly just across uh, social media, but we haven't made it publicly. You know that one of our goals for YouTube this year was to have our, our custom URL, and you have to have 100 subscribers to be able to do so. We met that goal. Yay. So we have our custom URL. Congratulations. It's uh, YouTube.com. No, YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Indie Fire. All right? And so we now have to get on the second goal for YouTube. Of course, that's just to increase our number of subscribers before now and the end of the year. Um, so it looks like all of our goals that we did um, place upon ourselves this year in the show, we're being able to see um, an audience is supporting us wholeheartedly. You know, not, not that you guys weren't doing it before, but you really stepping up and showing out now. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm seeing monetization. I'm seeing the checks and everything um, from our platforms. And it's just, it's it's amazing, and it's because you guys continue to support us, to listen to the show, to listen to the playback shows, um, sharing everything that you see, you know, doing your own little promotion for the show. And we greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate all that you're doing and you continue to do. So I just wanted to make that public announcement. Uh, make sure that you're right back here Thursday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for singer, songwriter, actress, model, uh, Jordan Pauline. All right? Until then, you guys have a good night.